How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Annenberg Media Sports Radio. I'm Nathan Ackerman. Thanks so much for joining us today. And we are joined this afternoon by a special guest on the show, Tim Tesselone. How you doing? Great. Appreciate uh, you asking me to be here. It's always fun to come over to Annenberg and uh, see these great facilities that the, the students have. Of course. Thanks so much for taking the time. As you all know, Tim Tesselone, a staple of USC athletics, has been a sports information SID since 1979. Tim, you're a couple weeks away from retirement, January 1st. How are you feeling approaching the big day? Um, you know, I've kind of had this in my mind for a while, and uh, so I'm I'm ready. You know, I'll miss everybody, no doubt, but I'll be around. Um, I'm, my last official day is Jan 1 from full-time, but I've told them, or they've asked that I kind of help out on a consulting basis in, in the spring to get the... Uh, transition of the office, uh, you know, make that smooth. And, and I've uh, gladly said, yeah, let's, uh, I'll be around and help, help that. And uh, so it's kind of a slow process of walking out of here. Take me through a little bit what that transition role is going to look like. What are you going to be helping with? What are you going to be in charge of? How are you going to oversee that transition? Well, uh, it's a good question. Um, you know, the main thing is, is really I've got 43 years of institutional knowledge and that I don't want that to go to waste and uh, certainly help everybody in our office. Um, you know, they're splitting some of the duties up, restructuring our office a little bit, and they're going to bring in a, another new person also. So there's a lot that's kind of up here in the noggin that uh, they need to uh, know. And, and so I'll be there for any questions that they have. I'm not going to come in every day, but I'll come to the, the games and help out that way and I'll answer every phone call and every email I get and uh, point them in the right direction. So it's it's a little bit of just, uh, you know, making sure that the, what we built in that in Sports Info, which I think is pretty special, that it kind of stays that way. Take me through some of those things in the noggin, like you just said. You've been here for, you know, since 1979, 43 years in total. Um, what are, what are some of the things that you've learned over the years about your job? Well, first and foremost, it's you know this is a very relationship based um, position. Um, it's not so much only what you know, but it's who you know. Um, and I've been fortunate over those years to make a ton of uh, connections and, and build relationships with student athletes, coaches, staff, uh, past and present. Um, obviously media people and, uh, you know, our fans and donors and all that. So um, I can't tell you that, it, you know, that seems like a day, a day doesn't go by when I'll get three or four or five, six calls or emails saying, hey, you know, what number did Marion Morrison wear? You know, I don't even know if you know who Marion Morrison is. It's what John, number did he wear? Well, first of all, do you know who Marion Morrison is? That's John Wayne. John Wayne played football here back in the 20s. Okay. Um, so it's that kind of stuff that might be, you know, for might be easy for me to either figure out or know. And I'm not sure that a newcomer would come in here and even know who Marion Morrison was if somebody asked that question. Or, hey, you know, my grandfather played football there. you have any pictures of him? And, I, I you know, I'll, it's going to be easy for me to know where to go get those. And it's going to be a little time-consuming for others in our office to go find them, but they'll figure it out and they'll get it, you know, just like I was, you know, when I first started here, it takes, it's the process of getting to know all that and, um, it'll work. If you could speak to Tim Tesselone entering the role when you first did, what would you have told him? Well, two, two things that come to mind. First of all, uh, I was a student intern in the office, um, my senior year and, uh, they actually were going to add a position 
you know, when I was graduating, and they asked me, would you like to stay on full-time? And I kind of stupidly said, no, I want to go out in the real world and wear a coat and tie and see what that life is like. And I um, didn't have anything lined up. Um, I um, kind of laid on the beach for a couple couple uh, months, and then I had a PR professor here, one of my favorites, uh, Bill Faith, who got me really excited about the field of public relations when I took his 350 class. Um, he had called me and told me about a, a kind of a junior account executive uh, position at a PR agency in town. I had PR agency work wasn't even on my radar at the time, but I went and interviewed and, and took and got the job. So I, I got my, you know, wearing a coat and tie in the real world opportunity. And I did that for a couple of years. But what I really found out was my heart was in the day-to-day sports world. And so that position that I turned down reopened up in 70, 1979. And I was fortunate to be able to come back here and take it. I remember vividly, and I can still remember where I was standing in my little apartment back in the time, telling some friends that, hey, I'm going to take a 50% pay cut to go back into the, wow. to, to SC and work in the world of sports. Um, because I, I, it's not out of my, you know, it's not out of, out of me yet. I want to do that. And, but I'm going to do it for two years and then I'll move on. Well, you know, uh, 43 years later, my two years is up. So um, that's kind of where I am. What is it about those two years that made you want to stick around for an extra 41? Um, it's just uh, day-to-day sports uh, is just kind of what I really liked to do. You know, the the, pub, the PR end of, of dealing with um, the daily sports scene is, is kind of what drove me, gave me kind of my adrenaline boost every morning. Um, it's also was really cool that, you know, we had so many different sports and just when you kind of get burnt out maybe with football, here comes basketball and then maybe you get burnt out with basketball and here comes all the spring sports. So the variety, the challenges, the, uh, again, the, the, the roller coaster ride really of, of, a, of working in sports, team sports. Um, uh, and working around the media and working with student athletes, I think those things really um, have have always driven me and uh, really enjoy it. And uh, I enjoy the big picture stuff. I enjoy all the minutia about it and everything in between. How do you avoid the whole burnout side of things? Especially, I mean, sports here is year round, and then at somewhere like USC, it's like every single day, and there's so much attention, and it's you know one of the largest athletic institutions in the entire country you've been doing it for 43 years how do you avoid I mean what 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 is it about it that prevents the whole burnout side of things well I think you have to do a couple things I I think one you have to um, prioritize and make sure that you do live a life it's hard to do when you're working I don't know our, our jobs are probably 10 12 maybe 14 hour days sometimes during football season, obviously seven days a week. So it's, you know, you're trying to find personal time and that might mean going for a run in the morning before you come to work or, you know, in my case, playing beach volleyball every Sunday morning for a couple hours to kind of get that out of, you know, get the stress out. Um, And, you know, you have to have understanding, you know, family, spouses, partners, kids. Um, I think that that helps from the burnout perspective, but... um, you just have to, it is hard. You know, a lot of people in, in our profession 
uh, leave because of that very thing that it's just it, it can be a grind um, for me fortunately and knock on wood I don't know it, it never bothered me that kind of stuff so uh, others it does and, and I get it when it why it does imagine things have changed a lot here since 1979 what are the things that stick out to you as things that have changed the most since you first took over the role well number one obviously is technology yeah. um, I mean we used to write on typewriters Right, press releases on typewriters. And we had things that you won't even know what these words probably mean, but mimeograph machines and, yeah, nothing. and uh, you know, um, uh, fax machines and all those sort of things that um, it was such a clunky, awkward way when you look back on it now to produce and deliver our messages and our everything that, that we produce, our content. Um, but um, that's what we had back then. And that's how we did things. And, you know, we mailed press releases and you'd get it a couple of days later. And if there was a story that was breaking, you had, you know, if it broke at three in the afternoon, you basically had until the next morning when the newspaper hit your porch to deal with it, you know, um, because now it's a little different. If something breaks within minutes or even less, it's out there, right? So uh, that's uh, the immediacy the 24-7, 365 of, of news is really the biggest thing, and that's because of technology. Do you have any moments over your time here that stick out as the most memorable, whether that's something that happened on the field, something that happened in Heritage Hall, anything like that that just you'll take with you for the rest of your life? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to pinpoint anything. There's been so many, you know, great games and wins and you know championships and trophies and all that that um, you know but from what we do it, uh, two things stick out to me one is you know in our role as sports information people and helping the student athletes with their communication skills and dealing with the media and I always tell the story of um, we had a linebacker here in, in the Pete Carroll glory years named Ray Malaluga went on to a great NFL career and Ray was very quiet and shy and had a really, when he first came here uh, his freshman year, um, had a real difficult time uh, interacting, you know, speaking to the media and telling his story. Uh, hard to, for him to, to even put some sentences together to, to do that. He was just very uh, uncomfortable doing that. Um, but by virtue of his success and maybe us helping him a little bit along the way, but mainly because of him, um, you know, he had, to, he had to stand in front of the media more and more and more and got better and better and better at interacting. And his communication skills really improved to the point where his senior year, he uh, won the Bednarik Award as the top defensive player in the country, went to their banquet in Charlotte. And uh, it was black tie banquet, a thousand people in the audience stood up there and spoke for 20 minutes without notes. So this was a kid that could barely put, you know, a couple sentences together in front of three or four media now he's an eloquent banquet speaker that to me and we see that all the time just the maturation of kids in, in their communication skills and knowing that maybe in a real small little way we touched them and helped them that that way um, the other thing that I always think of uh, people say what's your what's the greatest game or player or whatever it's, there isn't really one, but I always think when I, my first year here in 79, um, we were playing UCLA and blowing them out in a game that um, late in the game. 
uh, we had a backup tailback behind Charles White. Charles White won the Heisman in 79. So obviously players that played behind him didn't get much playing time. But there was a, a kid named Michael Hayes uh, who was his, one of his backups. And Michael got into the game late in the game in, in kind of garbage time and ran for, I don't know, 30, 40, 50-yard touchdown, did a backflip or front flip in the end zone and all that. And to me, that moment has always stayed in my mind as a highlight, not because it was a touchdown, not because whatever. It, was, it, it symbolized to me the um, – it was, it was his moment in the sun. And every kid, whether they're the Heisman winner or the backup or whatever, they all – by virtue of coming here to SC at a great place like this, they all get a moment in the sun. It might be on the practice field. It might be in a game. It might be somewhere else. But that, to me, it wasn't. It's not about the big name guys. It's about everybody. And and that little moment with Michael, and I always tell him this, um, it just has always stuck with me as the seminal moment of here's why we do this and here's what sports is all about. What would you say has been the most challenging part of the job over the course of your time here? You know, again, a lot because of technology, just trying to stay in front of um, the message, you know, the messages that we're trying to put out because now because due to the immediacy, immediacy of technology and all the things online, you know, oftentimes we're chasing stories. Stories break before we get a chance to put them out. And, you know, in PR, you're always going to try to get your message out there and try to uh, frame the story a little bit and shape it and try to help the media understand it that way. And because of the number of the media, the, um, you know, the uh, immediate um, reactions that they have when something breaks, um, you know, we sometimes don't get that, or oftentimes now don't get that opportunity to get our word out right away. And, and so, you know, we're chasing their stories instead of us putting the first message out. Tim, one of the things I would say about um, having gotten to know you over the years is you're a nice guy for sure, but I think I, I'm speaking for myself here. Others might agree with me. I think you don't put up with anybody's BS. Would you say that's an accurate way to characterize the way that you approach your job? Well, that's interesting. I've not really heard that before. But I, uh, I mean that as a, yeah. as a, as a compliment entirely, yeah. by the way. Well, I mean, here, here's the thing. And when you say put up with people, you might be saying talking about media people. Um, I mean, we hold the media to high standards like they hold us to high standards. Um, we want them, when they cover us, to be accurate, to be fair, to be interested, and to be professional. And if they do those four things, we don't have a problem with them. But it's when they somebody doesn't do one of those things or some of the, a couple of those things that we'll have a problem with them. Um, and, you know, I think that might be kind of where you're going to is, is, is if, if somebody wanders off that media people, um, we have a hard time with that. And, uh, again, we, we demand a lot. And, you know, that's everybody from student media to Sports Illustrated or L.A. Times or ESPN. Um, you know, we, treat, we do try to treat everybody the same. I think it's important that student media is treated and just like, um, you know, uh, professional media. And, um, you know, we've had a, a pretty good go at doing that, so... Could you talk a little bit more about your interactions with student media over the years here? How has it, I mean, maybe the ways it's changed has looked a lot like the way media overall has has changed, but what has been 
your number one approach or some of the ways that you try to approach student media in the role that you do? Well, it kind of goes back to what I was saying is we, you know, we want them to act just like regular media. We want to give them the same access. We'll seat, we'll give them good seats in the press box. You know, we'll give them. This is true. I can testify. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we'll, we'll set up the interviews for them and all that sort of thing. Um, you know, we understand that it's student media also and that they're going to sometimes mess up like our athletes might mess up doing an interview. But, um, you know, it's, it's a great training ground and we're, we're here to help. Um, you know, I, I think having gone through the Annenberg before it was Annenberg, you know, getting a, my degree here, um, seeing kind of over the years, whether I was teaching a sports PR class here for nine years or we're doing a you know, going in classes or coming up things like this, just seeing the level of training that um, student media gets. It's a very high level. Um, so, again, my expectations is that they're going to come in pretty good and pretty sharp. Um, you know, the thing that the biggest, my biggest pet peeve is, and you guys have gotten better with it, is interview skills. You know, um, I think it's hard at first to, um, develop those skills. Um, you know, I can't tell you how often somebody comes and not just students, but others, but you know, they come and they have their 10 questions written down and they ask question one, then they go to two, then they go to three, then they go to four. Well, after question two, you know, the answer might've been, well, there was a big fight in the locker room and -and so-and-so got knocked out. And then they go to question number three and they say, you know, um, tell me about your touchdown catch, you know, instead of following up and listening. And I, you know, I think that's, that's gotten a lot better. Um, you know, the, the quality of student media that I've come across, um, they're, they're a lot sharper. Um, I think the other thing too is, is how I'm really impressed with their multi-platform ability to tell stories, not just maybe written, but you know, whether it's through podcasts or whether it's through video or social. And that's what you have to do now is out in the real world is you got to be able to tell your your story in a lot of different ways, much like we do. You know, we don't just write press releases now. We have, you know, video component of uh, the Lincoln Riley hiring, and we have uh, social media components of it, and we have all different, you know, photo shoot components of it. You have to be able to do all that sort of thing. What would you say, Tim, at the end of each day, not in the big picture, but each day when you, you know, phone in for the night, whatever time that might be. Sometimes they email you at like 10 and you get back to me right away, so I hope it's not too late. What would you say is the number one thing, your objective in, in your work each, each day that makes you say, I did my job well today? Um, at the end of the day, we're there to serve, um, I think, well, we're there to serve our side of the building, you know, the student athletes, our coaches and staff. I think we're also there to serve the media. So um, being able to do that, you know, close the door each night and say, okay, we took care of all this stuff and we're, you know, we didn't leave anything hanging and uh, everybody got what they needed and so on and so forth. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing. And I think also, you know, what I said previously is just being able to help the student athletes develop their communication skills and knowing that um, every little thing that we do that way, whether it's maybe going and doing a, a media relations, you know, interviews, uh, a seminar for a team or sitting down with somebody and kind of talking out a potential uh, interview um, request that they're going to have and, and how to answer questions and all that. Those sort of things, I think, um, 
that's what makes me happiest. You're going out with somewhat of a bang. What's that been like for you? With head, head, head coaching changes, signing days approaching, all the news surrounding both of those. Take me through the last couple of months. Yeah, you know, there's there certainly has been a lot with, you know, we release our Clay Elton and after a couple of weeks, we have an interim coach that we have to get up to speed. We have, a, you know, a, a team that's been kind of up and down all, all season and, and finished on a, a tough note. Um, we had a quarterback change. We had, a, you know, a, a new coach hiring late in the year, all those sort of things. But if you really go back to it, the thing I've learned here is nothing surprises me. You know, everything, just when you think you've seen everything, you probably have seen almost everything, but um, nothing surprised me anymore that um, what's what pops up here. And I think, especially at a, at a place like a USC, you know, a major kind of power program, uh, traditionally successful, you know, the number two media market in the country, all sorts of things like that. You know, you're going to get, no matter what you do, if, if you sneeze, it's going to be news, right? And so uh, I think I've just come to ex- expect all that. And um, um, I think the thing you can't do is, is you can't get too high or too low in this job. You have to kind of ride that flat line. Um, because if you do, you'll be on such a roller coaster ride because there's some real high highs here and some real low lows. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it's just a matter of, as a PR person, um, especially you have to you have to be right there in the middle and be calm and kind of collected and, and uh, um, ready to, to adapt to anything. What's next for you, Tim? Uh, I tell people I just want to live life, you know, um, in this in this job. Um, uh, for 43 years, most of the time, I, I'm not able to do things that normal people do, you know, and I uh, kind of want to go see what that's like. Um, I won't be far. Uh, you know, I told them, save me the last the seat at the far end of the press box. I'll come to the games and I'll answer the call, the phone every time they call me with a question. Um, but, I, you know, I want to go live life, do some travel, see the grandkid, um, play more beach volley, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's time. It's time for somebody else to have a great time doing, the, you know, I've been so blessed and so fortunate to be able to do this for so long, to interact with so many great people, whether it's student athletes or coaches or staff, whether it's media, um, you know, that um, somebody else gets to go have fun doing that too. How is your beach volleyball game? Yeah, I'm an old dude. My, my vertical, I think you can barely slip a playing card under my vertical. Well, Tim, thanks so much for joining this show. On behalf of myself and all of student media and all the media here, I've appreciated getting to know you over the last few years. Appreciate all the access you grant us. I sometimes say that um, I'll email Tim and he'll respond in like two-tenths of a second, and it's the most helpful thing. It makes our job so much easier. So uh, congratulations on excellent 43 years, 1979, right, um, in this job. And congratulations on the big retirement coming up. And thanks again for joining the show. Well, again, thank you. And, and you know, you, you symbolize all those student media over the years that uh, I've had the great pleasure of working with. Uh, to me, it's cool to kind of now be able to watch you guys build your career and follow you. And who knows, you know, where I'll see you next. Uh, but, you know, I'll turn on ESPN and there's somebody or I'll 
read the LA Times and there's somebody or you know that, that we worked with when they were kids here and so go get them you guys will you'll do great and uh, um, you know fight on thanks everybody for tuning in that was Tim Tessalone longtime USC SID uh, thanks for tuning into this episode of Annenberg Media Sports Radio we'll talk to you next time <laughs>